Welcome, 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 everybody to the Innovators Anonymous podcast. Super excited that you can join us on our very first rendition of the show. Uh, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your guide this afternoon, morning, or evening, wherever it is. And today we have an extremely, extremely special guest to the podcast. Uh, Brady Altland, he's actually the CEO, president of AMG Music Group. He's an extremely um, great and talented guy. Uh, not only that, but we also go back, we're college friends, and we're on the same track team for a long period of time. So we got some really awesome stories there. Um, without further ado, Brady, how you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be on the first episode. Hopefully no problem. We can, we can have some fun today and share some fun stories. For sure. Uh, it's really interesting, actually. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but you're the person that kind of got me into this podcasting thing. Like, I think it was, what, a month or so ago, you you messaged me saying, like, yo, let's get this podcast going. Like, well, why, man? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, actually, I do know why. So I was, I'm, I've been watching a lot of Gary V videos and, like, his live streams on Instagram and like LinkedIn. And he just tells mm-hmm. everyone to start a podcast. He's like, no matter what it is, he's like, if you like the Pittsburgh Steelers and you don't have any friends to listen to, start a podcast and get your buddies on and you'll find, you know, five to 10 people to go to the bar with and talk football with. So I just was, I just felt like you had the energy and you had the, the you had the drive to make it happen. And you could make some, you could make some cool, cool videos and, you know, we can have some fun discussions. Yeah, that's the hope. Uh, so definitely, I, I know that you, you know, I started the, I tried doing the streaming thing not too long ago. Uh, that was kind of short lived. It was, it was fun, but definitely was pretty demanding. So, I mean, hopefully we can do some, you know, some cool creative things there. Um, you know, it's, it's been a while since we've, we've actually, you know, hung out, especially now with, with lockdown. When was the, was that the, the show in Philadelphia was that the last time? I can't remember. I feel like I've last seen moment. you after that at something Mount related, but I'm not sure. It might okay, be the yeah. last time was in Philly. Okay, yeah, that was uh, that was one of your shows. Who was the uh, who was that guy that uh, you had for your? your I forget show? which one it was. I forget which one it was. Um, I feel like we definitely saw each other since then. Because I feel like, like we had to. Like, it's it's crazy. The time just all like kind of congeals together for me. Like, I just have no idea. Like, was this the last year? Was this junior year? Like, honestly, it's, it's just like all kind of a blur right now. It's just making it super difficult to figure out. But um, I still can't believe like this, this year will be like two years since we graduated. Or you graduated. I graduated, <laughs> I graduated two years since I graduated. So like, I can't believe that. Yeah. And it's, I still, I'm coming up on my first year, like what, in the next month or so. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely been pretty wild for me that, uh, you know, all this stuff's coming around. I mean, since then though, you've, you've been doing some, some pretty awesome stuff. I mean, tell us more about AMG, like how, how that started and you know what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. So I've probably told this story a billion times. Um, I tell Let's make it a billion and one. Every single person that I meet, I have to tell this story. Um, so my sophomore year of college, I was with my longtime friend, Ben Kelkis, who used to be like my next door neighbor. Um, and we were sitting in his basement. He was like, yo, Brady, I want to start like making music and I want to start, you know, doing this. And I want you to be my manager because you like business 
and you like music, like we should do it. Like let's work together. Um, and at first I started helping him, you know, we were like getting him open mics and like putting his music on Spotify, uh, which was like just a weird experience to start doing back in 2016. Um, but then I started working with some bigger rappers and bigger hip hop artists just because I have that connection to hip hop and, and to rap versus uh, like indie rock music is what, what Ben makes. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to find something more that's, that I'm passionate about and I can actually get behind. Um, I got really lucky with some artists I started to work with um, called the villains from New York. And I got to love them, man. Meet, meet some pretty cool people with touring with them. Uh, the first few years that I started to work with them, that really just got me excited about the music industry and being able to help artists. Um, the first tour that I ever went on was with Lil Tracy and Big Head and the whole goth boy clique, which is really mm. cool and just a fun experience to like get thrown into right away. Yeah, I've I've seen your this like the growth for this AMG over the years. Like I remember when yeah, I was a freshman, sophomore in college and you were telling me about it and you're like, Yeah, it's just something that we do, something that I do. It's just like, you know, it's cool or whatever. And then like next year like it's getting bigger, and then the next year it's getting bigger. Like, I mean, you have some pretty some yeah some pretty big names or have performed with some pretty big guys like uh what Lil Pump I think you you guys were with like earlier in his career and and some other guys yeah so like the the first tour the villains really did was they did a few shows with Lil Pump and Smoke Purple on their first tour and they're like 15 or 16 years old um like this was like when Lil Pump was still big on Twitter like he really wasn't a mainstream name yet Mm -hmm. and they were performing in like 150 200 cat venues and they're just like kids they didn't really like want to perform they're like afraid they're like you got to come on stage with us because we're kids like it's not how everyone sees little pump today and how like he's been in the media over the past few years it was like it was just completely different than what you'd expect him to be like that's yeah it's pretty crazy like uh did he still have that uh like his like his accent like that like Esqueda and like all that stuff going on or was he a little different he when he was just like starting on stage and he acts like that but it wasn't like it wasn't like it, like we're having this conversation right now like he he wasn't saying Esqueda and all that stuff during the conversation like he just seemed like a normal kid who was just trying to like perform and make music and like rap in front of people oh awesome yeah like uh it's definitely weird like how some people have their yeah on stage like personality, whatever. And then, you know, you see him off stage, like completely different. Like, um, you know, that's, yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, it's pretty crazy stuff. Like, I mean, what were some of those, some of those cooler shows that you've had? I mean, yeah, you, you've been with uh, so many different music, uh, musicians, artists, whatever, like, what were some of those, yeah, you know, I'd the say most memorable shows? Top. So my favorite is we did, uh, we opened for Lil Uzi Vert in Long Island the summer of 2017. And before that, I really didn't, love Uzi that much like I loved him I liked uh Lil Uzi Vert versus the world and I thought it was a cool project but after mm-hmm. I saw him live it's just like changed my like he's a superstar as soon as I saw him I was like yo he's like the next like big artist he's the next big hit and ever since then like I've loved his music and I mean you can ask anyone like he's my favorite artist probably right now and I've been listening to that new stuff like He's been on repeat the last three years. I haven't turned him off. So that's probably my favorite concert. How did you land that show? Like, that's crazy. So, like, the villains are from the Long Island area. 
um, and the venue that it was at, they've just done so many shows there before. So we had uh, just the connection to, to hit the venue up and say, like, hey, we want to do the show. And they were nice about putting us on last minute. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, did you guys get to, like, did you interact with Uzi, like, uh, or did you so, guys like, not yeah, really but, see each other? So I didn't really get to see him at all. Like, he walked by us to go on stage. Um, so I didn't like get to like hang out with him in the green room or like really get to talk to him at all, but just like being next to him and, 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 you know, having that presence around me was cool just to see it. Like there was like, you know, 2,500 people in the venue. It was insane to see. Was that like, so is this before or after love is rage too? I think it was technically before love is rage too, or it might've been the tour. It might've been the tour for love is rage too. Okay. That was, that was one of, that's probably one of my favorite tapes by him. Like, I think that like that just has like some heat, like the entire way through. And I guess just it also being his, the last, like the last album he had for, what was it? Like four, three, three years or so like that. Like, I think that putting it on repeat, just like that definitely helped me just being like, yep, this is, this is definitely my favorite Uzi album. See, I like it, but it's not its not my favorite just because I felt like it was more commercial than everything else he's made before. And Exo Tour Life is, I mean, probably his biggest song that he's ever made just because it's had that For sure. you know, pre-TikTok viral success on Twitter and stuff. But no, I like it. I think, yeah, I think he did a lot of songs off of his older stuff. Like it wasn't just a uh, an album tour. Like he pre- he performed a lot of his old hits and stuff, which is really cool. Because, uh, like, Lozy Vert versus the World's my favorite project to his, like I said. And he did a lot of songs off there, which was which was exciting to see. Dope, man. Yeah, like, it, I think that – I think he's been one of those uh, – one of those rappers that has really kind of graduated to – I don't want to say, like, superstardom, but he's definitely – I think he's definitely up there. Like, like I, I, I wouldn't say – I don't know if – I'm not sure. Like, where do you think he is in 30, 20, 30 years time? Like, uh, like, where do you think Uzi is in the conversation? See, I, think, I think he's going to be regarded as like the SoundCloud rapper. Like the, he was like the pop star of the SoundCloud generation. Like he's going to be remembered like past all this stuff. He's got the image. He's got the looks like people know of him because of how he looks and how he acts and how he dresses outside of his music. A lot of the songs that are blowing up, like I know you really like Lil Tecca. I don't think anyone's gonna rem- remember him in yeah, no, sadly not. <laughs> Twenty years. I think Uzi at least will to some point because I think he actually has like complete bodies of work that we can have this conversation about what Uzi album we like. And in ten, fifteen years, the kids that are growing up listening to him in Philly and like all over the world, they're gonna, you know, use that as their inspiration of what they want to record and make music like. Yeah, I think that he definitely really ushered in that new this new generation of of hip hop. Yeah, like you said, the SoundCloud era because that's completely what it is now. Like even like these artists that really don't perform on put their stuff on SoundCloud are still regarded as like SoundCloud rappers or like that that emo rapper goth rap type stuff. Like um, like my favorite right now gotta be, I mean, RIP, but juice world. Um, I think he was, he had an opportunity to really embody that image of, you know, SoundCloud rap and everything like that. But shortly, sadly, you know, he got, he got cut short. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess, yeah, he, he's definitely gonna, I think will live on as the, the SoundCloud 
uh, kind of like representative or whatever it is that you might call it. Yeah, because like him and Lil Pump and kind of Lil Yachty, they're like the three that really come to mind when you think of like the founders of SoundCloud rap. And people already kind of forgot about Lil Pump. Like he stays in the news because of him doing stuff and crashing his car and all that, you know, publicity shit. And Lil Yachty, he still, people still like him and he still has a lot of streams and a good following, but he hasn't really made music. I don't know. I don't know the last time he's released a song or an album. Yeah. He did the, he did that Oprah, that Oprah thing, whatever, like a little bit ago. You remember that? Like with Drake, I think it was like a month ago. It wasn't good. <laughs> I, I I think that yeah, those three like they had an opportunity to really kind of make their name transcendence for this like era of rap and era of hip hop. And yeah, Yachty kind of like he had some really he had some heat in the beginning. Like I mean, he had some real good plays, and then just has fallen off. Like what Minnesota. Uh, trying to think of some and, like one night one night was like one, one of the night soundcloud songs that i ever listened to i remember it was on twitter everywhere yeah. that's where i remembered it from yeah my because because so i guess it was my sophomore junior year of college q and anthony my college roommates were like q would play one night all the time like that's <laughs> all he played he loved that song yeah, I remember going up to the uh, to the uh, your apartments for parties, and like that's all that that was being played. That and other just like well, Q would also play like New York stuff. I just had no idea what it was, uh, but you know, mad respect. Uh, so yeah, I think that he had an opportunity to really be transcendent, and you know, sadly, like hasn't worked out great for him. I mean. Yeah, I think he, he he was deserving for that like XXL cover and everything, but I think after that he really he really didn't really capitalize off of that fame or at all. Yeah, I keep saying like that cipher video of them always pops up on my Twitter timeline like once a month, and I love it. Like that might be the like the Uzi cipher with Twenty One Savage. That might be the oh, best, yeah. that might be the best double XL cipher of all time. I don't know if I can go that far though, man. Like. If I'm going best cipher, just for me, me personally, like I really liked, I think it was 2012, uh, the one with uh, Chance the Rapper. I mean, bias because I really love, I really love Chance the Rapper, not his newest album, but besides that, I think it's he's pretty fire. Like, uh, like I think that was one of my favorite ones. Like close behind that 2016 because that that cypher took some hate in the beginning uh if i remember correctly like a lot of people were hating it um when it came out yeah that's how everything is like everyone always says when the freshman list drops oh this list is trash like these people don't deserve to be on it and then within the year they're you know the 10 hottest artists in you know the world usually yeah i i think that they always this, throw, what, like, one or two guys in there. Like, last year, I, there was, like, the the female and then someone else that I was, like, I don't – like, Cap G was on it two years ago. I don't I don't. That really was know. that was a terrible cypher two years ago. I don't think any of them are, like, making music. What, Cap G, Ugly God, um, Kyle. I mean, I like Kyle, but he hasn't made music. Like, none of them are doing stuff anymore. Yeah, I don't really like – Kiko really likes Kyle and tried to get me into him. He just didn't make music that I liked. It yeah, just wasn't he, my style of, of what I want to listen to. He was more, he's like more pop-esque. Uh, and like, I don't even know how to explain him. Like, I mean, he, I get, he's good at what he does. It's just that style isn't for everyone. Like he, he has a really like niche kind of market, I, I guess. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. What, what, what would you say are some of your, your predictions for this year? Cause I guess the, uh, if it still is coming out with everything going on, the XX, the XXL freshman list should be coming out. What in the next like month or so, if it was on time in like April, May, June, I don't know the exact time frame, but it should be soon. Cause they just got done voting. Yeah. For the, for the like audience spot. I think not too long ago, like it might've ended a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that. Like, so I'm interested to see how they, how they do it. I mean, hopefully they'll be able to do all their recordings and and stuff like that, but like, give me a few people who you think should be, should be on the. the Oh man. Oh man. Um, that's so hard. That's so tough. Um, I think, I want Matt Ox to be on it just because I know him and I know his mom. And like, has would, he made music this year though? Like, no, he hasn't. But it's not necessarily about like the music that you put out in 2020. It's just kind of like your embodiment of an artist and like the catalog you have. Like, he's made hits with the Goat Chief Keep. So, I, you know, <laughs> he I, was also like a feature with this uh, Eternal Take. I mean, I guess he was like the. He's, intro uh, thing. he's working on dying's beat tag because they're from Philly. So. That's what it is. Yeah, beat tag. That's what it is. Beat tag. Um, but I have to pick. So, Baby Keem, I think deserves it. He's blowing up out of Vegas, and he makes he sign like he works a lot with Top Dog and Kendrick. So he mm-hmm. has that like big cosign, but he doesn't have that. You know, he doesn't have that viral hit that everyone loves. Um, try to think who else. Like, I'm, you think Lil Tecca's getting in? I feel like if he doesn't turn it down, he should. I think I don't think he'd it. turn it down. Like it's it's always so weird to see who they pick because it's supposed to be like the the coming artist, like the next wave, the next generation of like the hot artists. Like Tekka already yeah. has a number one hit. Like he shouldn't necessarily. He's already kind of made it. Like he shouldn't necessarily be on that list, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know, but like besides, so if you take out. Um, Ransom. So if you take Ransom out of it, like the rest of his catalog, it would be qualified, I think, for like a freshman yeah, of think, the year, though. I think you can't release a studio album, technically. I think other than that, you can, anything you release, it counts for it. But I'm okay. not 100% sure on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they probably like bend the rules all the time anyway, just so they can you know, try to get these new artists. And there's always like debate because they have some of the, I don't know, some of the dumbest people that make it like I know that someone that'll would be if he wasn't but he'd 100% turn it down to baby like his his year has been been insane uh, like, yeah he's not he's he, there's no he's turning he it down for sure yeah he turned it down um yeah he, all right so I'm looking at the list I think so who I think I think for sure would make it is um tjx6 I think should be on it I think Stunner for Vegas should be on it. Snot might be on it. I'm not sure. Um, do you know Shorty Shorty? He's blowing up. You're he's spitting hot. names I've never heard of. I'm not even going to yeah. lie. Shorty's blowing up. He he might be on it. Um, if Rod Wave doesn't get offered, it's a crime. He 100% should be on it if he doesn't turn it down. But he might be too big at this point to accept it or to qualify for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Matt, I would love to see Matt Ox on it. That'd make me so happy to see. He's not, bro. He's not gonna get it. 
like Lil Keed would be one who I think should, but he might be too big because of his affiliations with. What about Don Tolliver? See, I like Don Tolliver, and he's got like all of Florida's backing, and like he can kill it in Orlando. He might get it, but I don't know. Like, I don't. He might get it for the tenth spot for the fan vote. Fan vote. I think so. Some somebody that I think would be a, a guarantee unless they turn it down. But for some reason, I just don't see it. Would be Jack Harlow. I think I was, that I was going to say. I think I think Jack Harlow has to be a lock. I think Ian Dior has to be a lock. Loving Ian I, Dior. I Loving think, him. Yeah, I think, and I don't know if you know Jose. Jose, I think, has to be a lock too. If you throw some of those other guys in there. Yeah, I think I think that there's some other. I think that there's some real big names that uh, it it really depends on if they are turning things down. Um, like I think, like one one that was really weird that kind of caught me off guard was last year with Gunna. The fact that he got it because he was already like he was already big. He was like he was like a uh, baby. He was like little baby big. But then he did nothing. He didn't do a single thing on the actual cipher. He showed up for his pictures and left. That like kind of you know got me angry. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I think that's part of it too. Like, if they pick people that are too big, then they just like won't want to do stuff. And they like they do the two concerts. They do one in L.A. and one in New York, and they're pretty cheap concerts. Like, you think Gunna's gonna show up? Like, his they're probably paying twenty bucks for a ticket. His tickets himself's probably you know thirty bucks at least. Yeah, so for sure. Like, if you have, you know, like Lil Tech, I don't think will be on it. His like his tour, he probably can sell fifty dollars tickets easy. Yeah, he he might go on it just to not and not do the concert. Like, is that something that they all do? Because, like, to be honest, I didn't even know that they had a concert for for all that. I feel like historically they mostly all do it, but I don't know. I don't pay that close attention to it because I'm like, I'm not trying to go to. New York to see it, or I'm not trying to fly out to LA to see it. So gotcha. I have really never paid too close attention because it's just something I'm not going to go to. Gotcha. Like so. So then, who of your obviously you got a, you got a lot of artists that you're that you're working with, like and and it's I'm sure it's the dream of all of them to get on uh, XXL um, in some short shape or form. Like, uh, you have any that have put in requests to try to to try to be on this freshman list? Anyone that has been on for that tenth spot? Like, uh, like, like, what what's it like working with these guys? Like, tell us a little bit about it. Honestly, so like, I never really focus on it just because it's one of those things that you can't force. If you're popping and you have that following and you make the kind of music that gets picked up, like you're gonna be included on that list. Um, like, I never tell any of my artists that we should seek out and try to try to get on that you know, double XL list, just because like I said, like if we do all the right things and I constantly preach to them, like we got to take our steps one by one. And if we connect the dots, we're going to, you know, get to this point where we can do us tours and we can, you know, get you on the big publications and even be considered for something like the double XL freshman list. You guys have gone all over the place. Like I know this started off kind of like a, as a Northeast thing, like around where you're, you're living and, you've now got artists like all around the country and you've done, you've done shows all around the country as well. Like how many different states? I never thought I'd expand this much. Um, I've had artists like every major city in the U S that I've worked with in some capacity. And then I think in the last year I've been to at least 10 cities. I've been to Philly, of course, DC, cause it's right by my house. Um, I've done something in Baltimore, done something, done shows in New York. 
uh, Long Island, LA, San Fran, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, and I think that's it. That's uh, that might be a it. lot. That of... might be it. Do you drive in all these places? You you fly in there? Usually, just fly. I mean, like Philly and New York, you can just drive because it's close. I'm not trying to do that drive to Florida. When we did the tour, when I did the tour with ASAP Ant, they wanted to drive down, and I was like, I'm not oh, doing it. 13 hour drive down. Some of them did drive then, which was crazy. But oh my God. That's I was like, what, I really don't like want to. 16 hour drive. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to take off work one and drive 16 hours. And then two, I just don't want to be in a, in a van that long when flights aren't that expensive, you know? Yeah, no, definitely not doing that. Like that, that sounds awful. Um, yeah. It, if it was, if it was like Ashton or one of the artists I've really worked with, that's what we would do. We just do the whole, you know van thing we, we yeah tore yeah. like tore down we like do that it, that ashton's really been some one of your i guess one of my favorite artists of yours like my favorite i guess would be the villains and ashton like those are those have been two that i really liked especially uh lemonade just is easily my my favorite song uh from any amg any amg artists like if you're listening to this look up lemonade by uh ashton uh it's definitely a, a banger like what, what's it like, how did you guys meet? Like, tell, tell us about, you know, so how you guys. A, yeah. So, so I think we've been working together. I, I haven't found the, the Twitter DMS of the official start date, but it's been around three years, like coming, coming up on three years that we've known each other and worked together. Um, so like back in my, I guess like sophomore year of college, I used to scour mm-hmm. hot new hip hop daily for every you know, video song that would come out looking for anything or anyone that, you know, might be open to possibly working with me. And he mm-hmm. used to do, so he got big by blowing up on like rap battles. So he did a rap battle with super hot fire and hot new hip hop picked it up and I found him. And as soon as I saw it, I like found him on Twitter. I DM'd and I was like, yo, let's get on the phone. Like we need to talk. I want to work with you. Um, I was driving home from work back to the Mount and I like got him on the phone. We had like a 30 minute conversation. And after that, we've just been working, working together ever since. Yeah, he's really, I think, blown up and kind of found his, uh, his style of, of, of rapping. Like I, I've, I've listened to a few, of, like li- went back actually just not too long ago, listened to a few of his older songs and, and found like some of his newer things. Uh, definitely loving where, where his sound is. I mean, what's the future looking like for him? Like what kind of plans, what albums or tapes or things like that? Like what can we expect? Yeah. So we actually just talked the other day about it. Um, we are, supp- we are going to release a single every month for all of 2020, mm-hmm. but coronavirus kind of ruined that plan just because we haven't been able to get him in the studio and to record. Um, and we've been trying to go heavy with promotion and rollouts and making sure we can get outside and film videos and get good photography pictures for each release. And just, you know, being inside has kind of ruined all that. Um, so I know he's working on a small, like four or five track project right now that we're going to release sometime in the fall or winter, depending on when all this ends and we can get outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like his, like his stuff's been, been pretty cool. So looking forward to that. Cause so he had, lemonade and then what pop out was was that yeah, last month or that- yeah so pop out didn't do as well as we wanted to um i really wanted to like hammer and and do a lot of promotion with it and have him 
breaking a bunch of champagne bottles and doing some, you know, do a music video where he's pretty mm-hmm. much just breaking stuff and going crazy. Uh, but we just never made it happen. But with, with Lemonade, like everyone knows that song, like everyone. And so many people have told me that like when they see a lemon or a bottle of lemonade, all they can think of is the song. And like knowing that people tell me that, like I know I did my job right, that I can have people associate a lemon with his music and with his brand so far in 2020. Yeah, I think that that was really well done. I know I've been hammering you on it, but I we need to get a <laughs> remix, man. We need it. Like the, that's like that's definitely something I've you got to do. Like I've tried and we've like floated the idea. It's just, I think I need to take more initiative and like set up a big feature for him that he can't say no to. And then he has, he's going to have no choice, but to say, okay, let's do it. Dude, when that happens, you got to let me know. Cause that's something that I'm like, I'm looking forward to, man. I've been, I've been waiting on that for, for a while. (laughs) I wish I could like get in contact with Jack Harlow and he wouldn't try to tell me that he wants, you know, a brand new car price to do a feature you know if he wouldn't have blown up so well he would have been perfect for it yeah i was like because he had a few he he really he had a like a little mini blow up like of music i think it was like what a year or two ago like he's had he's had a a little bit of i think you actually put me on let me see let me because i know that i had uh a few of his songs from a little while ago um uh gazebo do you remember that wasted youth about him with I just heard about him with what's popping, so I don't think I probably I probably didn't put you onto him at all. Oh, I thought it might have been you. It must have been someone else. But uh, yeah, he came out with the song. I think it was 2017, uh, "Wasted Youth." That was like the first song that I heard by him, and then like I just didn't hear him for a while, and then yeah, he just dropped this song, and I was like, oh snap, that's the that's the guy. Like, dude's fire. See, the only reason the only reason I listened to him is because Cole Bennett did the video, and I saw the video had like two million plays in like two or three days, and I was like, hey, I might as well just watch it. You know, it's only gonna take a minute of my life, and I love that song. Like, that was probably one of my top played songs in the month of like January and February. I just couldn't stop. I it was on repeat. That and um, Out West by Jack Boys. Just like those two songs have been the soundtrack of my pre-quarantine life. Yeah, I, I think that those were those songs were pretty fire. Like I, I remembered listening to so one of my friends actually from the uh, from the office, Logan. Uh, shout out LT. He's uh, they're from the same area in uh, in Louisville. He he was like, "Yo, Colin, like you gotta listen to this guy, man, Jack Harlow. Like dudes from the Ville. He's he's serious." And then I, I started listening to that. Uh, to the song I was like oh man like this is fire and I was like wait a minute like this is the same guy that I was listening to a little bit ago so yeah he's he's been going off recently and like uh, too bad the quarantine happened because I was excited to see what kind of music uh, he might be putting out like you know later on this year he just released like a small project March 13th so like that's out there it's okay like it's good he's got um, like Jetson made the producer that does a lot of the baby's work, like he's on there as a feature. And oh yeah, so, sweet action, right? Yeah, so like it's it's okay. Like his music's cool. It, it's worth checking out if you like if you like what's popping and you want more of Jack Harlow. His EP is definitely worth looking into, and it's like I think twenty five minutes, so it's you know worth. Yeah, it's not too play. long. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's something that's big. Um, just just with that like album length like geez louise some of these people don't know how to you know put together a properly length album uh shout out uh chris brown like this dude will make a 50 50 song album 
I mean, like, uh, that's my biggest pet peeve in the music industry. I don't know about you, but um, like, like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so like, making that's why no one makes albums anymore. Like, that's why people release singles because the int- attention span of consumers and fans is like, you know, they only want to listen to one song. Like, there's a re- like Lil Tecca is a great example because he had that one song that blew up, but his album didn't really do well. And I lo- I really liked the single, but I don't really, and I never really went through and listened to the whole album. Um, it's just so hard unless you're like a diehard fan of someone to sit through and listen to, you know, an hour worth of their stuff in a row when so much is focused on the, you know, quick catchy songs that you just want. And then, you know, a week later you're onto something else. Yeah. Like I find myself downloading albums and then like listening to the first few tracks and then just waiting to see which songs are the best ones and then just listening to those like because there's like i feel like so many people are like putting in like filler songs or or doing like little skits which can be which can be cool if like you really care about it but for the most part it's like i'm biased i'm biased when i say this because i don't consume albums like everyone else like i'll listen to albums the whole way through no skips no matter what like when i listen to anything even if there's skits i'll listen to it like when i'm driving in the car you know, I, I don't do skips. I don't, I don't consume and listen to music like, you know, 90% of the people do. So I'm not fair to ask in that. Yeah. I, I, I used to do that like all the time. Like I just listened to an album straight through, um, like all the way, like no skips. And then like, I started getting some, some of these like longer albums. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Like this is just too much and it's like not good. And so like, I'll just stop listening to that stuff. Like, I guess it's a I got a short attention span when it comes to like really bad music. I guess <laughs> I can't blame you on that. Yeah, I've like today I listened to West Side Guns album "Pray for Paris" like four times in a row with like no Jeez. skips, just to like help because it's like nice, it's relaxing, it's not that you know new style hip hop. It's definitely like more old school and more lyrical. So it's like real relaxing to listen to when I'm trying to work and get stuff done. But even then, like, I don't want to, I just would rather listen to it the whole way through versus like adding three of my favorite songs of the album to a playlist and just listening to it that way. Gotcha. Yeah. Like there's, there's certain albums that I'll always like listen to like straight through like the, uh, like what uh, juice worlds, like goodbye, good riddance, uh, Kanye, like, Really, every almost every uh, Kanye West album, um, especially like Graduation, like love that. Uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It's probably my f- second favorite album, like of all time. Uh, like th- those are ones that just like sit down, like listen all the way through. Really doesn't matter. Like, what would you say would be your like? I know it's going to be a it's a hard answer to oh. say, but like, what what are like three or four go to albums that you have? Of all time or just like now? right now, like three, three or four go to like, if I said all time, we'd be sitting here all day waiting. No, for I have my, I have my all time list. I oh, you do. Oh, then go. Yeah. Like all, all time. Let's hear so, like all time. Illmatic by Nas um, Malibu by Anderson Pack. It's a toss up between section 80 and to pimp a butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. And then. Mm-hmm. It's a toss-up between like the college dropout and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by Kanye. There's like that's my, not a bad like, list. Yeah. That's like my top. Like you know, I'm like the biggest Anderson Pack fan, so like he has mm-hmm. like he has to be on that list. Um, 
I saw him live with uh, what was it this past um, this past summer. It was him and what YBN Corday. What, what was it? What was that song they did together? Uh, geez, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, you know this one. See, I don't like. Uh, I don't like Corday. Yeah, R and yeah. like R N. I think it was. I think that was what it was. Yeah, you're not a fan of YBN Corday. I, mean, I, I liked his freestyles and stuff when he like first started out, when he was putting that stuff up on SoundCloud and he did the What's My Name by Eminem and when he was doing yeah. the when he did the J. Cole one. I really liked that and thought he had really good talent. But his album just like The Lost Boy didn't really do much for me. Not oh, that it's man. bad, like it's good music. It's just not what I really want to put on and and listen to like I'll throw on the song with Pusha T and the song with Anderson Pack if it comes on and if it hits my shuffle, but I'm not really typing in YBN Corday and listening to him as, as an artist. Yeah, I think he's one of these guys that has a lot of talent but might fall to the wayside. Like I really like I really like him and I really like J I D, but I don't know how long they're gonna stay in the conversation of like big rappers, like, you know, I just don't see them having a lot, like a lot of longevity in the, in the game. Yeah, I feel like YBN's too, he's too early to say whether or not he's going to be around for a while, but like JID's one of those guys, he could never make music again and just collect his royalties and publishing the rest of his life and just pop up on like a Kendrick Lamar song here and there, or he can, you know, release a bunch of music with Dreamville and, actually make a return to, to making music and releasing a lot of projects and songs with people. Yeah. I th- like, I think that he's, he's got a really interesting sound. Like he's, he's definitely a, a cool, like he's got some really cool music. Like I, I did like that Dreamville tape. I think he did really well on it. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't feel like he's got longevity. Like I don't see people like whenever I ask like, yo, who are you listening to? I've, or like, what are some rappers that you're listening to? Like never hear, like jid like no, never, coming never. up like it's like there's a lot of stuff out here just his name just never pops up no it never does and like it's good that he's being considered with like dreamville and that dreamville tape was really good and i think it was really innovative because they threw a bunch of artists on there and they got a bunch of you know semi no-name artists their first grammy nomination and like their first gra- grammy nods which is cool to be you know a not so well-known producer or artist and already get that Grammy nod so early in the game, which I thought was really cool. I'd like to see, you know, Drake do that for OVO and Kanye do that for good music more. Mm-hmm. If, you know, try to put that on and try to do more for upcoming talent. But it was cool that, t- that uh, Dreamville did it and they were able to, you know, put together a cool project with non-affiliated, you know, artists and rappers. Yeah, I think they capitalized on that really well. Um, like it was, it had some really, it had some pretty big names in there and had some, I think it had like four or five, like songs that were, were, were pretty popping. So like, I think they did, they did a really great job with that. And, uh, glad that you actually brought that up. Cause one question I was definitely wanted to ask you is, uh, about Drake. Like oh, you might be the biggest Drake hater no, that not. I have ever, ever heard. I'm not, Why? I'm not. My friend oh, Jimmy, now you're not. Friend, oh, have you no, changed? No, no, my friend Jimmy's the biggest Drake hater. Oh, I don't know Jimmy. So you, so that means you are, in fact, the biggest Drake hater that I know. Like, why don't you like the man? To keep it short, I just don't think that he has – I just think he only makes music 
to go viral and to make hits and to try to like make what's catchy versus trying to have any artistic integrity and make something that I don't know, that means something to him. I think like the Tootsie Shuffle or whatever is like a perfect example of that because he made a TikTok song to go viral on TikTok and then he didn't go viral on TikTok. Yeah, okay. So you got me there. Like that one, like the Tootsie Slide, perfect example of what you said. Like, yeah, it was kind of grabbing, like reaching for, it was blatant. Obviously wanted to make a, a, a TikTok song or whatever, TikTok dance. But like, Besides that, I feel his other his other music has just been songs that have gone mainstream, and and it's just like you can't if you're making it, you should be making a song that has critical acclaim that you that you like. I mean, I don't see a problem with with you being like, hey, you're a mainstream rapper, but like I don't see the issue with that. Like, what's, see, what's the, the where's the hate like, coming from? So he like I can't hate the numbers and I can't hate the success there. Like he sells records. Like he's him and Kanye are probably the only people that could print a blank CD and people would still buy it. It would go platinum before really like and it was like, hey, there's nothing on here. Um, but I just like I just don't think he has got any artist integrity. I think like he's been called. A what do you mean culture. by that? Like he one day he's from Canada. One day he's trying to talk with a Jamaican accent. You know he's going to start rapping like Jack Harlow next and try to pick up. You know, people he stole, he's stolen, you know, I can probably make a list of a hundred artists flow or, you know, or lyrics or some type well, of style. You can, you could do the from. same about, like, you could do the same about any other musician. Like every other musician has taken I think, uh, but like, inspiration so, from other And I've, other heard, I've heard the argument against Kanye West for the same thing, but I think at least when exactly. Kanye does it, it's like a muse and it's inspiration. It's not just blatantly stealing from people. Like, I feel like there's no respect from Drake for anyone else that he's like taking from. And to be honest, like his stands don't help it either. Like I don't I, like at this point, I won't listen to anything that Drake's released. The last song or album that I've constantly consciously listened to from him is nothing was the same. And I actually liked it. Like I thought it was decent and he's got some okay songs, but then like that album's ruined cause started from the bottom and like corny songs like that are just always in his albums and his discography. And I don't know. I mean, like that song was like, it was a viral hit. Like it went, I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but I feel probably went platinum. Like that was a, like a banger in what was it? Like 2014 or whatever. Like he's every single album that he has, like has at least one or two, most likely even three songs that are just like critically acclaimed or maybe not critically acclaimed, but definitely are like go viral. Like, I think that you have to respect the fact that the dude just is consistently on the top of his music game. I can't say I can't argue that like I can't argue the numbers and people like him, but like I would just never consider him a rapper. Like he makes pop music and he makes what popular people are going to like. I don't really think it's hip hop to a point like it's definitely in that hip hop lane. Um, but I just like I, I can't I can't support it. I, I don't like it. Um, you're, no one's ever going to con- gonna convince me that he makes good music i just like i don't for lack don't of a better word it's not good music and then uh, i think i disagree i mean like if it, if it wasn't good music then it wouldn't be doing these numbers right i mean if it was if it was bad if it was stuff that people didn't like or if it was inherently bad music then it wouldn't be doing like numbers every single time he drops something like it would it would be trash like so it's got to be good 
maybe not like you don't like it, but see, okay, it's got to be think, good. I think there's a difference between a song being good and a song being catchy. Like Kendrick Lamar makes good music. Yeah. Whereas Lil Tecca makes something that's catchy and it's, you know, I think there's a difference. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into the. To no, the if something's catchy. Is it not good? I think there's okay. So like, it can be catchy and like be good, but it's not like a great song. Like I don't like. I think there's a difference between what a catchy song that goes number one and a song or an album that like to pimp a butterfly or my beautiful dark twisted fantasy that just like has content, has substance, has more than just a catchy chorus and a catchy verse and a really nice beat behind it. So you're saying that good, good music, like you have to be able to have some other substance behind it rather than just the catchy factor or, you know, like, like just a beat like, or whatever. Like Lil Z Vert, like top three favorite artists right now, he makes like catchy, good music. But when you put it, toe to toe with Kendrick or Kanye or Anderson Pack, like it's just never going to be the same kind of music. I might enjoy, you know, a, you know, Canadian goose more than I prefer one of Anderson Pack songs, but it's not better. Mm-hmm. Like the lyrical content's not better artistically. It's not better. Um, and you could probably, you know, everyone will probably debate me on that, whether, you know, besides old heads and people who like that old school style, but, I think that's just like, that's just how I feel about it. Then where do you put Travis Scott in the conversation for this? Because I feel that he's kind of in, like he's in between that where a lot of his music is just like, like, like you said, like mindless, just it's good stuff, but it's not, it's more catchy than good. I feel like, yeah, but then he has some music that's, I like Travis Scott, but that's why he, that's why he's such a popular artist. Cause he's able to make both kinds of music. He's able to make stuff that you're going to turn up to at a party. And he also has some stuff that if you're just vibing by yourself or with some friends, you know, you can throw it on and, you know, not want to rage to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I'd say he's more towards that Drake, Drake on the spectrum than a Kendrick or, you know, J Cole, but he's not quite where Uzi is. I'd say it's like, I think it's different music. Like Uzi's definitely making something that's more of an underground sound or Travis Scott's trying to go more. I mean, like he was, he was the Super Bowl halftime show. Like they would never let Lil Uzi Vert do that. Like never in a million years yeah, no. would be the halftime show. Um, Travis Scott, like it's catchy, but it's still like, he's still holding his ties to hip hop and he's still making, you know, good solid stuff. It's just not the same quality and substance that i'd say someone like kendrick lamar j cole has and has made yeah i'm i'm really i really like the growth that travis scott's had and i'm really surprised like i didn't see him growing to be as popular and mainstream as as he is now like especially like i didn't watch it i didn't play it but he was on the yeah the fortnite Fortnite thing yeah yeah i haven't i've been talking to all my artists about this because it's just such a crazy thing like he they they had like 12 million people tune in in like two hours to watch that's insane which is like it's just crazy that people would would log on to i mean no one understands fortnite and why it's so popular anyway you know it's kind of just like yeah, I have no idea. Crazy. How it's just it crazy that it has such big success as a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like 
that like what other rapper could do that like what other artist could like have a or would drake could do it but drake wouldn't drake went drake would never do a Fortnite game you know i don't think he would he streamed with ninja like a year and a half ago but i think that's just it's a little different because it's more like he's trying to get his his brand out there outside of music maybe a little bit more versus Doing I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, doing Drake doesn't need Ninja to, yeah. to blow up. Yeah. Uh, Drake didn't need Ninja to blow up. He was already. But it's big. a good PR. I mean, but you got to look at it in terms of. Oh, it's like, great. What PR markets wise, yeah. he's trying to hit? Like the gamers might not listen to Drake. You know, mm-hmm. if he's trying to like, when you're already one of the top, I don't know, two, three, four, or five artists in the world, like to get those next million streams, you have to go after new demographics and new you know ranges of people the gaming community and the people that play fortnite and watch pewdiepie and ninja they might not like listen to drake or listen to that kind of music at all yeah and i i kind of saw it the other way too where the people that are playing fortnite like it's it's not a children's game but it's kind of geared towards a younger demographic like i mean i'm sure everyone has played a game where you're hearing on the the other side of a mic some kid that is, sounds yeah. like he's seven eight yeah and like those i feel like those kids are not listening to travis scott as much because his music's kind of geared towards and i feel like in a slightly older demographic so like i feel like that was a great pr move for them because it's like now you got a wider audience to people that may not have listened to your music before yeah i agree i think both travis scott and fortnite's target audience are probably the same like you know high school kids for lack of a better definition it's probably that same range of kids um but definitely like just people who saw him on the suit like my parents had no idea who he really was when when he came on the Super Bowl, and there's probably the five, ten year old kids who have no idea what rap even really is, and yeah, here's Travis Scott doing a concert, and everyone's running around, and it was insane. Know. Like <laughs> they put a lot of production into that thing. It was super cool. Yeah, it was cool. Like it's just it's just so interesting to see them like merge and do things, and like I've actually been working on that with some of my artists of like trying to find new ways to like just merge things and connect with fans. Like a lot of like semi underground artists are doing like live streaming on Twitch and like connecting. Cause a lot of their fans like video games and want to see them play Warzone or Fortnite. Like, you know, you like my music, come watch me stream and I'll talk to my fans and like, you can watch me play COD for an hour and maybe I'll demo a new song snippet for you, that kind of thing. So I think like Travis Scott is like, that really helped at least me like, communicate this to some artists who don't necessarily like watch for those things just uh like how you can connect you know different things that you like doing and use it towards you know marketing towards your brand and your artist career yeah i think that this was an awesome door that he opened where now you're going to get just like you said a lot of different artists and people in, in different avenues kind of focusing in on hey how can we do cross-platform stuff right now. Like, hey, I'm a, I'm a musician. How can I, you know, do different stuff that maybe not be, maybe not, well, maybe isn't music related, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, video games or whatever. It's kind of like, it's kind of like TikTok too. Like songs are blowing up on TikTok and then they're going to Spotify and becoming number one hits. Like K-Camp had like a top five song in the country because of the Renegade dance. Like, yeah, I don't know the last time I heard him, t- him 
wrapped. Like I used to comfortable like back in 2016, yeah. baby. I used to like him back in the day, and I didn't even like I didn't even know that was him when I heard the song. Like I would have never guessed it was K Camp when I heard the song on TikTok. Funny, funny K Camp reference. Uh, so I remembered uh, my freshman year of college. So uh, I would scooter to practice, as as you know. And every, every day when I would scooter all the way down to practice, the second I left my dorm room, I would play Comfortable by K-Camp and skate all the way down this giant hill. And it would line up perfectly. So by the time I stepped foot like right on the track, the, the song would end. And it was, the, it was just like the most satisfying thing in my entire life. Those are good days, man. I miss me and Kiko talk about our track days all the time. Like I, the the Instagram stories and the Snapchat stories pop up of like what I was doing a few years ago. Like, don't like pe- the pen relay ones have been popping up, and it's just like, man, I, those I, are heartbreaking, man. I would right kill now. to go back. Yeah, I would kill to go back and be able to like run and practice and be able Tra- to with the team. Yeah, that was those were some like just awesome days. Like, uh, just some of my closest friends, I mean, what I had, we both had roommates uh, that were on the team. Like it was, it was just awesome. And I think that the team's in some really good hands now. Like, have you been following what the team's been doing recently? I was like last year, I really did. Cause you were still there and like Justin's yeah. still there. Um, and of course like Sean and all them and like Mariah, they were all there. So I like paid attention and watched uh, this year. Like I really didn't pay too close attention to indoor. I watched the NEC championships when I could since they mm-hmm. live streamed it, but I was going to try to go to an outdoor meet at some point And, you know, like it's, like it's hard. Like Justin and Sean were probably like the only people I still really knew there that I mm-hmm. like really wanted to follow and stay in touch with. So it was harder for me to care as much about, you know, checking in. Yeah. Yeah. You were a little bit, you were a little bit farther removed. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit, a little different. I guess it was yeah closer to when I was a senior, but um, like they, they, they were doing really well. Uh, they got some really great recruits. I've been following them on their, their social media, seeing some of the, like the new recruits they're getting. And they, they got some like pretty, pretty awesome guys. I mean, uh, it's it's definitely uh, interesting to see how the team went from when when you were a freshman and I wasn't even yeah. here to yeah. you know where it is now. Like my freshman year, it was it was so much different than when we were juniors and seniors and when we graduated. Mm-hmm. Like if you would have told me my freshman like halfway through my freshman year that we'd win an NEC championship, I'd been like no way without like, <laughs> without without Julian and Josh, no way without Chase, you know. No oh way. yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they were gone when we won. Like, no, like, no way. Like, I mean, to me, like, like, I didn't think I was going to be as decent as I was and, like, be a contributor. Like, I didn't think that, like, DJ and Chris would step up and, like, you know, I, I like, as a freshman, you never know that. And, like, I didn't really think about, you know, three years down the line. But, like, you just never think about, like, how far we came and, like, kind of just, like, like, BC and Red Eye were there and, like, just the culture we had was so much different. Mm-hmm. when I came in versus like when I, when we left. Yeah. I think that it's the, the culture and everything has really changed. Like now having the, like it's the little things that, that count, but like having the, the hashtag move mountains and like, I think the like Mount track on too, it's like, those are stupid things. And like, you know, I know most people listening have no idea what we're talking about with that, but like, I think those little things were, were for, huge. For, to build for me, for me, it was when we would have our meetings with Jay and like, he would break stuff down for us and always bring it back to like the spiritual connections and like how we're, you know, growing as people and 
you know, try doesn't matter. And it really doesn't matter what we do, you know, in 60 seconds in a 400 or when you go up to vault, it matters mm-hmm. like the, you know, life lessons that we take away and we, you know, use every day in our lives. And I feel like, to be honest, I might've been the only person that really cared about what he was saying every single time he had, when we had those meetings. Yeah, I, I think that he did an awesome job as well as the, uh, the other coaches on the staff with just trying to build us to be great young men and women. Cause like you said, like, it doesn't matter what you run in the 400 or what you vault. Like right now, like I'm only a few months removed, but I don't even, I don't remember my exact PR right now. Like, do you remember exactly what your PR is? Like, I, do. At this... I do remember just cause I focused on it so much when I was running. I oh, there you go. Yeah. Like I could like mine, like I'm pretty sure it was like four, 66 maybe it was 482 i don't know like it's something around that 15 foot six seven inch mark but like it's i think the lessons that we learned from being off the track in those meetings or in the hotel rooms with teammates were were the biggest lessons like i might have learned more in one 18 200 meter workout than i did in some of my classes at the mount oh yeah like that's just like how like how powerful it was and like there's nothing like dying with your with your brothers and your teammates. Those circuits, I think I learned more in those circuit workouts than I have in almost everything else I've done combined. Like that showed you like for for those that don't know what circuit workouts are, so it's it's essentially what we would call like hell weeks. So we had what was it like 6 7 weeks, something like that? Yeah, so I think it was like I think it was like 5 or 6 weeks. Yeah, somewhere around there, like five or six weeks, like about a month, a little bit more than a month worth of uh, workouts where you had um, like some of the most difficult workouts you could ever like imagine on Mondays where it's like you're you're pushing yourself in speed, endurance and strength. So you're doing like, for example, you would do like push ups or, or crunches or jumping jacks or whatever it is it's- like. It's crazy. Like, could it's you explain kind of, a little better? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a CrossFit workout, and then yeah, that's you have that's to, a good. And then you have to run all out, so it's like yeah. not fun. I liked it because I was decent at it, and I could pace, and like I understood from an, from like the first one that we did that you can't go all out on the first rep. You got to kind of like yeah, save it and and work hard the whole way through, and then be able to finish well. Where some people would go all out too early, or they wouldn't work hard enough in the beginning. And then they just like try hard at the end and they make everyone else not look bad. But, you know, like if you're going to run, you know, 60s and practice the first three and then bust out a 55 on the last one, it's like you really weren't trying to. Yeah, I was that. I can't lie. I was that guy my freshman year. (laughs) I I remember uh, actually. So what it was is you do several different workouts run like running around the track, like about 10 workouts every 50 meters or so and then you'd wait a few a few seconds or a few minutes and then you'd sprint a 400 uh, meter dash and you do we do like four of them like like back to back essentially and I just like was afraid of not going like afraid of like dying and just not being you know having a lot of energy and then I went all out on the last one and I remember Chris coming up to me like 
never do that. Never do that crap again, Colin. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you, why are you going, why are you sprinting like a, like a 52 on the last one? Like, why are you have that's like all that energy? Like I didn't realize like, Oh crap. Yeah. Maybe I should work harder throughout the rest of the workout. To be that honest, was not I, fun. I can't remember if I did that my freshman year or not. I probably did the first one just cause you're trying to like show off and you're trying yeah, to, you want to impress the coach. Like, yeah. You're trying to show everyone that you're actually decent and you can compete. Um, so I can't say I didn't do that on my first one, but if I did, I learned real quick that you're not going to benefit well if that's yeah. how you want to work out. Yeah, that was uh, those workouts were were not fun, but it helped build up to possibly one of the biggest moments in in recent Mount Track history, uh, and that's something that you were a part of, oh, and that on, was the. F- we're, t- we're talking Mount Athletics history as a whole here, not just Mount Athletics. Track. Yeah, Mount Athletics history. Let's let's not squell on things. Uh, that was the four by four in the twenty what twenty eighteen uh, track and field championships that you were a part of, Brady. Like, give us a breakdown. How was I that meet going? I still that remember stuff? that. Like, so. I still remember because we were in the in the shed warming up because it was pouring down rain, and it was like me and Hum and like DJ and like we were with Jay like just talking and he's like, "All you guys got to do is just run. Like it doesn't matter what place. Like you just got to run. Like if we win, we win. That kind of thing. His typical mm-hmm. like just give it your all." And then I remember we came over and Wait, so give a breakdown of the situation. Like where are we? Like. What's See, like, we were kind of out of it at that point. Like, I didn't really understand where we were at in the in the standings. Like, I knew we were in second, but I really didn't know, like, what we needed to do. It wasn't until, yes. like, we, we came over to the bullpen and we checked in, and Nick Frantrum was running, what like, the 3K or the, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, and he came back and for, he I crossed think, second the finish or, line, or first. Like, yeah. he dove, and I remember, like, I was in, like, I was, like, race ready, and we were all standing by the fence, fence and he, like, Lambo leaped into us. And, like, after <laughs> I, that, that was, I was crazy. Like, I was like, it's over. Like, we're ready to go. We got it. And then I yeah. remember some, someone kept saying, like, all you have to do is beat Central Connecticut and you win, and we win the meet. So like yeah. that was my thing, and it well, it turned out after that we actually had to beat them by like a certain amount of play, like two places to win. I remember during that race. So to, to put into context, we haven't our school Mount St. Mary's in the Northeast what Northeast Conference hasn't won uh, at the time uh, conference championship in what was it like nineteen years? Like so, it's been and we and really and we had only won a. Uh, basketball conference championship the year before and then besides that like we hadn't really won anything in in recent history and so we're going into the competition not really seeded to do well it's a home meet which is like just electric and so we come into the very last event of the meet four by four uh, down by a few points you guys think all we have to do is beat Central Connecticut and uh, you guys did awesome like what was that do you even remember what it was like racing then? <laughs> I do. I do. I do remember. So like LIU was the team to beat and LIU was the team that you always had to like, like if you can stay behind them and get second, like you're, yeah, you're they're monsters. Be good. They're like probably going to be good runners. to go. So like I let off and I just remember like everyone was standing by the fence. I kind of like got tunnel vision and I was just ready. And like, I don't remember. I never remember my races, but I remember when I, when I, when I gave the baton off, I remember I just screamed my like lungs out and I like, was just like so nervous to see what was going to happen. But then like when, when we crossed the finish line and like, I knew we had won, 
the when we when we won the meet like that was one of the happiest moments of my life like we have those I don't know who got those pictures but there's pictures like me hum and DJ oh that's an awesome all, one. All, all hugging after we finished and like we ran on the track like that's one of my favorite pictures of all time like that moment moment was was insane I, I like that's that's all the first thing I always think back to when I think a track and when I, when I, you know, missed that stuff. Yeah. That was an awesome moment. Uh, I remember for a second, my heart dropped because I would, so I was watching the meet and it was raining and disgusting and there was mud everywhere. And so we're watching and I think it was DJ was the anchor. Or was it Chris? Yeah. So, so they come through. It was me, hum, Brandon Briscoe and DJ. Briscoe, yeah, Gabor, yeah, because Gabor was hurt, right? Yeah, and and Justin was hurt too, I think. And Justin was hurt, yeah. So so I remember uh, coming through the finish line and winning, and like we're all going like, oh my god, we just won! Like we're going insane. And um, there was some guy, uh, some like official, I think he was from Wagner, that was like, uh, no, you didn't. And we we're like, wait, what? Like everyone got quiet super quickly because you're we like, wait, you're telling us we didn't win? He's like, yeah, like. If Wagner beats this, uh, or if uh, whoever, I think it was like, if Central can, if Wagner doesn't beat Central Connecticut, like because they were still running, then you guys lose, and we're like, oh crap! And so like we all just started watching them, and then saw Wagner pass the uh, Central Connecticut at the last second, and then we just went crazy. Like that was that was awesome. And then, like, I still have the video on my Instagram of us swag surfing, Justin leading us to the oh, yeah. surf when they announced us that we won. Like, oh, man, like, I, I agree when you posted on Instagram that we need the documentary of it. Like, we need it. We need to make it happen. That, yeah, for sure. I think that would be because there was just so many different storylines. Like, I couldn't even go over, like, what we had Sean as a freshman coming yeah, through like, and winning the triple jump. Sean, and, like, that, like, I remember it was like just me, Hum, and Sean and Jay standing by the the pit. Like no one else was around because it was pouring. Everyone was like under a tent or inside. I remember like we just couldn't believe that he won. All the central kids were like talking smack and they're because like, they were supposed to win. Yeah, they were supposed to win. <laughs> they were supposed to go like one, two, three, and like five. And then yeah, little Sean out of Connecticut comes and wins out of nowhere and. That was like, we should have known. Like, as soon as I saw that, we should have known that we were going to win. Yeah, the, the, that moment was just, like, insane. Like, I think he did, like, that was crazy. I mean, like, we've had so many, we had so many highs. And then we also had, like, a lot of lows that that same meet. I mean, like, I know heighted, which was, like, really tough, especially coming in at the second seed. And then uh, Brian think, hurt his arm. I don't which think was, Justin ran too well either. Yeah, no, Justin didn't run really well in the hundred, like, and then Brian like threw out his arm, and I I know how it is. So we had like a lot of points left on the board and a lot of opportunity to just like not win the meet. I'm still surprised to this day how we did it. Every year, I like they have like I really wanted to repeat. Like I really wish you guys would have repeated and you guys would have had the chance to like go back to back. Yeah, the injury bug got us. I think like uh, Justin was broken by the time we hit conference championships i mean that dude just like puts his heart on the track like it's it's crazy and it just for some reason it just didn't line up but that was that was an awesome time just going back uh 
as a as a team winning I, it all. I, I don't awesome. want to. I don't want to say I never want to see him win again. But like every year they don't win, it's gonna make me just feel like we did something a little more special. Yeah, like like I'd love how... to see him win again. Like I'd love for them to be like DLIU and like the Central Connecticut and like what Sacred Heart is for the women. Like I'd love if Jay could have a know, powerhouse back to back to back to back to back wins and just go five in a row and you know, be a consensus number one to win every single year. Yeah. I'm really looking for those times where we have, you know, those just back to back titles, like, cause there's some really talented people on the team. Like what will who made, who made the, the, the youth, the youth uh, or the U 18 world championships or whatever in like the 5k. Like, uh, I know like there's just some like crazy talent on the team. And uh, looking forward to hopefully the days where it's just like Mount Track, top of the world every single every single year. Dude, I hope it's when we're older and like when we're in our 30s and 40s and we have families and we can go back and be like, yeah, we are the team that won. We are the team that got this started for you. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for forward to. And that is why we need to have a documentary of the 2018 NEC Championship. Gina, let's get on it, please. <laughs> All right, so I, I have one question for you is tim still is tim still coaching at the mount because like i swore he went somewhere else to coach but then people were telling me he was still there and i saw him at meets and i saw pictures of him so like do you yeah know? so so he went to george mason over the off season so right, i think it was like last june or so he went he went to george mason so he's not with the team anymore but yeah he, he sees the he sees the guys all the time. Uh, Stevenson actually came back, and yeah, I knew so Stevenson came back. Yeah, and so they, apparently he he's been doing really well though with the team. Like they like. What, him. A, what about Deegan? Is Deegan still coaching, or did he finally hang it up? Uh, he so he's not officially coaching. I I know he was like a volunteer esque coach, and he would show up like once in a blue moon, even when I was a senior, and. I'm sure now it's probably even less so because I mean, one, he's older and two, the only person he really knows on the team are Carter, Carter, and, Carter Rachel. and Rachel. Like that's really it. He maybe knows. Oh, I guess Brian, if, he, if Brian comes back, but yeah. that's like, that's like really it. So I'm, and cause Tim's not there anymore. Like coach Nickus isn't there. So I'm not sure how, if he's still showing up. But, I always wondered. I always wondered. I always wondered when his uh, last day would be and like when he would actually finally hang it up and stop coming to practice. Yeah, I think when you've been doing things for that long, like when you've been coaching for like 40, 50 years, probably even longer, like you've just been around the sport your whole life, like it's got to be impossible to turn that down. I, it would probably be like, hey, Brady, can you just, like, let's just stop listening to music altogether. All oh, right, yeah. There we go. Like, it's, you're like, that's never going to happen. It's like, I think it's probably the same way. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that yeah. for sure. Well, uh, hey, Brady, love catching up, man. Like, thanks a lot. Like, once again, uh, it was awesome. Uh, being able to talk with you for, for an hour or so. And, you know, it's, it's always great hearing from you and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what AMG does next. I mean, where can we, we find your stuff on, on social media? What are things that people could look forward to in the future? Yeah, I'd say uh, just check out my website at amgmusic.org. You can find all my social media and everything AMG music related there. Um, 
Yeah, thank you for having me, Colin. It was a treat to come on and talk a little bit more about everything I've been up to. And I'm never going to turn down a chance to reminisce about our college days and, and winning that championship. Shout out to of Gina. Uh, if you hear this, you have to get on the documentary. We, we need it. We need it, Gina. I'm going to timestamp this for you, too, so you, you, you have no excuses for not hearing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, once again, thanks, guys. Uh, that's that's going to be it for our first episode of Innovators Anonymous, once again, with Brady Otwin. Uh, if you like the episode, you like the show, uh, give it a like, follow, subscribe. Uh, follow us on social media at Innovators Anonymous, uh, where you can catch up on the no, the newest episodes of the show and see what's going to be coming around the bend. Uh, once again, thanks, guys, and uh, hope you have a good one.